You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Bond podcast. You will find this episode very interesting and inspiring because my guest is Katie Sands and she's an actress, writer and devoted fashion enthusiast and she's also style host at Amazon Live. So in this episode, Katie and I will be discussing so many great things. We will find out the story behind Honestly Kate. Katie will be sharing her story on how she became a style host for Amazon Live. She will also be talking about best tips on self-discipline, her influencer career, and what lessons she learned. Also, we'll be discussing very interesting quotes that Katie lives by, and you guys will find them very inspiring. You will have so many takeaways from this episode. So before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blood Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, girl. How are you? I'm so glad to have you on my podcast. So glad to be here. This is like the perfect way to start the holiday week. I just got to my parents' house on Long Island, so I just set up my little workstation from here, but I'm so excited that we were able to do this virtually. Yeah, me too. And... Of course, we would love to know more about you. So would you please tell our listeners about yourself? Sure. Um, My name is Katie Sands. I started a lifestyle blog called Honestly Kate about three years ago, and it's really started more as fashion and beauty, and now it's fully lifestyle, um, similar to yours. And I also am an on-air style host for Amazon Live. How did you start your career? What is the story behind? I started my career because I went to undergrad in the University of Richmond in the South. And uh, when I gra- I studied costume design there. I always loved the production side of things, storytelling, and really getting into the details of what goes into what characters are currently wearing and why. And when I graduated, I went to a grad program called William Esper for two years in New York City. And it kind of just solidified my love for costume design and the production side of theater and um, TV and film. While I was there, I started to create my own account called The Sands of Time, where I could document the contemporary clothing that I was putting on characters because I loved how different 
costume designers at the moment, example, like Patricia Field, were doing that with their own characters and they were putting their film and TV actors in contemporary clothes rather than bespoke costumes. And so I started to document myself doing the same thing. I accidentally deleted that account called the sands of time I kind of thought it was like Facebook where you could just deactivate it but no it deleted forever so then I created a new account called honestly Kate it was really just for my my own self and my friends and family and people that I was in school with and while I started doing it I really like you know started meeting different people virtually and different people who had lifestyle accounts and there was just such a world of social creation that I wasn't aware of before and never was involved in or never thought that's something I wanted to go into. And once I really emerged myself into the digital space, I absolutely loved it. So I ended up doing it full time, not going into a, a career of production or theater and went into the social media world. And that's where I am right now. And then from it, I really started to do a lot more hosting jobs because hosting for me was a great way to combine my love for theater and acting and also my love for fashion and beauty and styling. And that's where I am right now. I'm hosting a lot of shows on Amazon Live, a lot of trends under 100, home goods, interior, tech accessories, all the things that you want on deal. And it's been really fun. It's also been really nice to do it virtually and do it from the comfort of my own home. Wow. How did you get involved with Amazon Live? Because it sounds very interesting. It's really interesting. It's actually, people ask me this all the time, but it's such a simple answer. I auditioned. I saw that they were, they were having an audition for different hosts and I just went one day and auditioned for it. And I pretty much explained, I have this blog and I kind of play a personality and a character. I'm sure you feel the same way. Like you're playing this character every day and I would love to do more on camera work. And that's kind of always been my goal. And they told me what to do for the audition. I walked in and that was um, a little less than a year ago. That was in, I want to say it was December or January. I can't remember. And I started working with them and it was great. But prior to that, I also had done a couple styling segments on Fox, on NBC and ABC, especially for taxi TV. So I had, I, I knew a little bit about what I was getting myself into, but it's definitely a different world than the digital um, influencer space. However, I do think in the future, the two worlds will be merging completely because people like to shop what you're wearing and they want to do it via video. They want to do it on live. So I'm curious to see if Instagram kind of takes the same route and does a live shop the stream type of show. Yeah, I think definitely we'll be changing to this because now everything is going to virtual online and especially TV is getting outdated, so everyone's starting their own shows on Instagram or just everyone's starting their own reality shows. So It's so true, you know. I think our industry is changing so much every day, and it used to really intimidate me because I was like, I can't keep up with all the trends. It's too much, like with the TikTok, with the reels, with the this, with the that. Like, it was always it kind of overwhelmed me. And now I just kind of decided to lean into it more and say, okay, this, I might not be good at creating TikToks or reels, but if I can do one a month that I'm proud of and put out there, I'll be happy with that. And that's good enough for me. Like I'm not someone who can turn out content as fast as some other people I see, but I have other skills that really work for me like hosting. So I was like, let me put more of my energy into that. And 
I do see with like, now you can shop Instagram TV or like when you're live, I've never personally done it, but I've seen other people do it and there's other ways to shop. And I'm curious to see that in the future, you'll be able to shop reels. You'll be able to shop stories easily, or now you can do a swipe up, but I think people are getting sick of swipe ups. And I'm curious to see what they do, because I just feel like it's, it's the way of the future. People want things and they want it fast. Yeah. I feel you on this one. And especially it changed so fast this year that we just like woke up and Instagram looks different. We don't even know how to use it. <laughs> I know. Honestly, it's so, so funny. I actually, I always say with Instagram, I wish that they would send us people that ha- like have their business on Instagram at least, or that use business profile. And I'm like, sometimes I wake up and I have no idea what's going on. And it's not good for me because this is how I run my business. This is the platform I use to monetize my work. And so if I don't know how to use it correctly, it's a big problem. And I always find that I wish there was some sort of, you know, email that I received or that everyone received that uses it as a business profile that t- walks you through the updates. Or if you can get on the phone with like a, your personal contact at Instagram, of course, there's people you can talk to if you're really in trouble, like someone hacks your account or things get deleted. But I find that I wish there was more of a personal connection there because I would love to utilize the new features. I just don't know how to use them. Yeah, I do too. I have to like research it. I have to Google it because I see sometimes, you know, when you get on it and you get cut off, like so busy with things. And then you get on Instagram and see other people have different look on Instagram and different font. It's like, uh uh-huh, there is update. Exactly. Exactly. And also I've been having trouble playing music. Like I, I, all of a sudden I know where I'm no longer allowed to play music on Instagram, whether that's reels, whether that's stories. And I don't, I don't know why that happened. So I asked, I tried to get in contact with someone saying, Hey, is there anyone that can help me? I have no idea what happened. This is like a big, you know, work disaster of the moment to put things like into context. Like I know it's not a disaster, but for my work it is and have not had a response from anyone. That's the worst. I know. I've, I know that many people had this problem and so many people complained about it, but I've had problem that I can connect my Facebook to Instagram and it's connected to the wrong account. So I cannot like do anything with it. And I tried to reach out and it's been like two years. No one responded ever. I mean, at this point, I'm just like about to like start everything <laughs> over. Oh my gosh. Well, I love your account because it's so bright and fun and positive and glam it, it like can, it's kind of like I want to get more dressed up now because of it <laughs> thank you so much that's so sweet of you of course you know it's so fun to connect with people that's I think the beauty of social media of course there's so many negatives to it in a lot of ways but I find like when you're able to connect with people you know even in the country we're in a different state that you would have never met in person it's it's so unique and it's it's a I think the most special part of the platform Oh, it is. It's like power. Social media is limitless because I can connect to my friends and relatives from all over the world. I can connect to so many people and it's just like you can be right there talking to them, you know, like we do right now from the comfort of your own home. (laughs) Exactly. How, How did you end up in Atlanta? Oh, well, I moved to US like 15 years ago and part of my family was here. So I moved first and um, it was hour and a half from Atlanta and it was terrible because 
you know, I'm a fashion lover, fashionista. And I ended up in the village, basically. I was like, oh my God, what is happening? What is everybody wearing? Is that what you're supposed to wear? Is that what everybody's wearing in the US? (laughs) Is that a style here? It's so funny. It's so funny. Also, I feel like how things changed over the years, because now place I grew up in New York, but places that I like wasn't allowed to go to as a kid because it was a dangerous area now are like the coolest places where everyone's so chic, so fashionable, the best restaurants are popping up. So it's just like ever evolving. Gentrification is a real thing. Yeah. So I moved to Atlanta after by myself, two years after. And that was the best time because, I mean, Atlanta is still not, you know, it's not New York, it's not LA, but it's way better. People, I've actually personally never been to Atlanta, but my two of my closest friends um, went to school there and spent so much time there and just have the best things to say about Atlanta. Really? I mean, it's fine, Mm -hmm. but it's just, as far as fashion and as far as other industries, it's not as much, it's not as many opportunities Mm -hmm. here, but for now it's but like, you're loving it for now yeah I mean I don't hey. love it for now I don't plan on staying here but I definitely plan on moving probably this upcoming year but back to New York or where I haven't decided where but still thinking about it oh my gosh you have to keep me updated oh yeah I will I <laughs> feel like this, this has put such a change in so many people's plans some people I feel like really jumped the gun and moved right away or got out of the city. And then some people I know, you know, are trying to stick it through, but we don't know how long this is going to go on for. It's It's been such a wild time. I know so many people moved out of New York and moved to Hamptons or moved to different cities or states. I don't know why, but New York is kind of the best. <laughs> I know. I think, you know, people were scared at first and then when the school shut down and so many people sent their kids to school and the salons shut down and the restaurant shut down and the theater shut down it's like that's what New York's all about and it breaks my heart because I'm from here and I love it so much I love the culture I love the theater I can't say enough good things but you know it's super depressing and upsetting when like all of a sudden all the things you love about a place are gone I do think it's going to come back. I really do. And already it feels like it's come back so much. I just hope with like the recent updates that the restaurants don't close again. they already have a curfew at 10 p.m. And I feel for them so much. I feel like, you know, that already cuts their their budget in half because people can't stay past 10 o'clock. So they're not going to order as many drinks probably or as much food and they have to kick people out early. And I just feel for them so much. So I'm, I'm praying and hoping that New York's restaurants don't shut down. Yeah, we definitely have some kind of, I've heard some rumors that it will be closed after Thanksgiving because everyone is traveling and it will spike up the cases, but who knows? Oh no, I hope not. <laughs> I hope I not pray- too, but... What we had to go through this year is just, it will be in history books. I know. I keep saying that to my boyfriend. I'm like, can you imagine that we're going to have to tell our kids one day that, oh my gosh, we lived through a global pandemic and there wasn't a global pandemic since the Spanish flu. And this is what we had to do. Our whole lives changed. Yeah. And I feel that there's so many people that really, you know, navigated it so well and then there's a lot of people and friends who unfortunately lost jobs lost their business and it just breaks my heart I know it makes me feel sad too and I have so many friends that happened to them too but 
it's just mm-hmm. when on the other hand so many people started their own businesses too yeah there's there are i try to find like the simple like pleasures and positives that came out of this and there definitely are a ton and i think you know so many people had opened their eyes to maybe they weren't really happy doing what they were doing prior and this is going to be new for them and I've seen like, even I've been working with this company called BioRomper and like this group of girls in New York City created a jumpsuit that's uh, antimicrobial and sustainable. And it gets to the perfect like travel jumpsuit if you're nervous to travel and like get your clothes dirty or go in an Uber, or whatever you're nervous to touch a contaminated surface. This is perfect for you. I could see teachers wearing it. Like there's so many creative people that have really, I think, you know, started new things because of this that would have never even thought to do so prior i know it, yeah i did have positive side that's why you know what i'm doing for the end of the year i i want to sit down and write 100 things i'm thankful for what this year I brought that. to me <laughs> i love that honestly i i actually was saying and i've been doing this myself and i would love to do something with it like professionally I don't really know what to do with it but I've been doing where every morning I wake up and I write the five things that I'm grateful for so those are could be anything they could be so vague they could be so little small like I'm thankful I woke up and had coffee I'm thankful you know that it's sunny out today it could be anything and then at the end of the day you I write three things that are that happened that day that that were good and again it could be super small like I got to talk to my best friend on the phone for 30 minutes. I got to do this. Anything that's so small, but just like means something to you. And I swear it lifts your mood instantly. Because instead of focusing on all the negative things from the day, you're starting to focus on, oh, even though this was so small, it was such a positive. Yeah. And that's why I, I want to really do this because like, you know, end of the year. So I want to kind of like sum up everything I've done in the year. I mean, I still... You have to, you definitely have to do it. Yeah. So that's what I'm planning on. I love that. You should post it when you, when, once you do it. Oh, that's true. I actually probably should write a blog post on it. You definitely should. People love to see that. And I think when people see that, they get inspired to do it themselves. You also had some career highlights too. What has been your career highlight so far? And you also had a collab with Fat Buddha. So we would love to know more about it. Yeah, well, I was so excited. Um, You know, I always wanted to do a capsule collaboration with an athleisure brand just because I feel like there's only positives that can come from it. It's a lot less pressure than creating, you know, your own brand on your own when you partner with someone else. And also I knew I wanted to do activewear just because that is something that I'm very into with mental health awareness and getting out of your own head and kind of the pandemic is what spiked our partnership and brought us together um, with the brand Fat Buddha. I had already met the founder because we spoke on a panel together earlier in the year and I knew I just wanted to do something with her. I just wasn't sure exactly what that was. And when COVID hit, I said, we need to create something fun with bright colors that gets people excited, that makes people want to get out of their space and move their body and just get out of their own head. And so we created this pan- this collaboration um, based on my audience polls and audience statistics. And asked, I, I specifically said to my audience, what do you guys want? What are you missing from your wardrobe? And every with everyone's help, we created the collection which was so exciting because I've never really seen that done before. And my audience felt that they were a part of the design process the whole time, which they were. 
And it was very collaborative. And because of the success of the first the first drop, we actually signed on another year together. So we have six more drops to put out there, which I'm really excited about. And I love doing it with Fat Buddha because um, the founder, Alyssa, is such a great collaborator and she's really open to my ideas and my fabrics and my colorways and what I want and what I don't want. And it's just been, it's been really awesome. It couldn't have been a better collaboration. I was nervous, you know, to do this with someone else, especially when I've been running my account and my brand on my own for so long, I was nervous to have someone else's input, but it went, it went extremely well. And it's been really fun. It's a lot of work behind the scenes, but as you know, with any of this in the digital space, it's like 98% work behind the scenes you don't see and 2% the photo that's on the account. I know it's like I've been out all day haven't showed up my face on camera (laughs) but all day I've been doing a lot of stuff. (laughs) I know it's so funny and people I feel like want to see more of the behind the scenes and like they want to see more of the realness and I'm like guys I want to give it to you but I'm so busy I don't even have time to show what I'm actually doing because I have to get it done exactly yeah and it was a great idea that you done this collaboration because definitely bright colors lift up your mood and as far as like as for me new activewear always <laughs> encouraged me and always inspires me to work out more exactly that's how I feel too personally and so I was like you know what I I buy so much activewear to begin with and I kind of took like what I love about pieces I have and what I don't love about them and created the to I think the perfect set of course there's always things I can learn and I've learned so much through the design process and fabric process um what sizes people actually buy and even if they say they're going to buy color of course, our black sets went the fastest. So it's definitely interesting to see. And I've gotten a lot better understanding of what people actually want versus what they say they want or think they want. What they actually buy is different. So it's definitely been an incredible experience to have. And I wouldn't have wanted to do it with another collab with another brand, but we'll see what happens in the future. Because of it, I've, I've actually, um, I'm probably going to collaborate with some other brands, not activewear, but shoe and bag company and see where that goes. And we also were able to donate a percentage of all the proceeds from sales from the collection to the Gen Foundation, which for mental health awareness, which has been like, to me, the best part, the most rewarding part, because I know it's going towards a good cause. Wow. That's amazing that you guys supported this cause. Yeah, it was very, it was very important to me that we aligned. If I was going to start a brand, and push product, especially at a time where so many people, you know, lost so much money, lost their jobs, um, family members. I felt uncomfortable pushing a product that I couldn't do something to give back with it. So the fact that we were able to do so um, was just incredible. So I'm very thankful to the, to the brand partner for allowing us to do that. Yeah, that's amazing. And for those who never collaborated with a brand, like especially some influencers, mm-hmm. do you know when you do a brand collaboration. How does it work? How long did it take you? Like the whole process from the beginning to start? Okay. So, okay. So I guess <laughs> like, I'm like, where do I start with this? So we actually decided to partner together in March, early March. We didn't really know what that partnership was going to look like. And the whole process only took us about six months start to finish, but that is because the brand already knew what they were doing 
because they've been in business for, for a long time and they already have the factories, the production sites, the fabrics. And so when I came in with my designs and my colors, it took half the amount of time it would have usually taken me if I tried to start this on my own. If I started this on my own, it probably would have taken me a year to two years. So partnering with a brand definitely speeds up the process. I think the hardest part in the beginning is if you are, you know, a digital creator, influencer, entrepreneur that wants to partner with another brand, the hardest thing you're going to get yourself into is the negotiations in the beginning with the brand, making sure you're all aligned on the same, you know, how you're splitting the profit, what you expect from each other, who's going to do the sales, who's going to do the um, production checkups, who's going to do the manufacturing, who's, who are you going to gift this to? It's all, it's important to get that all out in the, in the beginning before you even start the design process. So you're on the same page the entire time. Oh, I see. Yeah, of course, negotiations and profits is very important. And everyone has to be happy. Like both sides have to be happy. Both sides aren't happy. You're going to get resentful. And that's with any type of partnership, I think, no matter if it's a collaborative design partnership, if it's just a brand partnership. I'm sure you've been in the situation where, you know, you start resenting brands because you don't feel like you're being paid enough for what they're asking and vice versa. And it's so important. I've learned through having this, having my own blog and, you know, kind of being my own, my own advocate is that you really have to discuss everything soup to nuts with the brand before you start or before you sign the contract. And I've learned the hard way because I've had a lot of brand partnerships gone sour really fast because we didn't discuss it prior. Yeah, I agree. I've had the same stories throughout my career. And sometimes, yeah, those stories are not the best because brands are trying to kind of get it as low as possible. Of course. And you know what? I don't knock them for trying. And also the same way I feel about influencers. I'm not, I'm, you should ask for what you think you deserve. Absolutely. But the real thing is some brands just don't have the budget for it. And you both have to be happy and you can't ever assume that a brand has a certain budget or doesn't have a certain budget. You never know what you're working with the same way they, they, there's no set price for influencers. Like if you have a certain amount of followers, this is what you charge. People ask me that all the time. And I wish there was a set price because then I could be clearer in what I wanted and what I was looking for. And I wish there was some sort of textbook about the digital community and how you can monetize it and how they make money. Because with every other industry, you really see what, you know, what someone in finance as a first position analyst makes at a certain company, you know, what someone that a med school becoming a dermatologist at a fellowship makes, you know, what people make in different fields, but for this industry, it's still so new and so unknown that it's, it's very open. And I wish there was more guidelines. Absolutely. And sometimes they ask, well, what is your price for such and such? Well, what is the actual description of the campaign? Exactly. And it all depends, right? It all depends on, do you want a story? Do you want a feed post? Do you want a video? Do you want a swipe up? Do you want exclusivity? Do you want to use my photo for your marketing? There's so much that goes into it that people don't realize, I think. And I wish they did because it would like when someone reaches out to me, my team, we respond saying, we would love to partner with you. We're huge fans of the brand, but we need to know what the deliverables are. Yeah. What are you expecting? 
Exactly. And are you trying to use the photo for any emails, marketing, website? Because that changes the price dramatically. And how many tags do you want? Like, there's so much that goes into it that I think people don't necessarily realize. And why would they? Because this is such a new industry and there's not much written about it that I totally understand why they wouldn't realize it. But I think that more needs to be discussed about it. Yeah, we should definitely have some kind of guidelines, like overall for all influencers that we can, you know, go by. I mean, of course, it's different on every account, but still like kind of some rules that brands kind of know that what to expect and not underestimate, underevaluate influencers. Yep, absolutely. I definitely think that needs to happen fast. (laughs) I know, especially with Instagram growing that fast and so many brands rely on it. They just, that's how so many brands grow. They grow because of us. And I think that they realize that now. I think that so many industries realize that, especially during the pandemic, that, you know, they're not going out to see billboards as much anymore. They're not seeing ads in magazine campaigns that they realize the way to sell their product is through influencer marketing. And I do, I have seen a positive switch. I think that, I think that people and brands and companies realize that now more so than ever. Yeah, I've seen it too. And especially even now as TV being kind of outdated, even though we watch TV, sometimes we're still on our phones. Like I do that all the time. Oh my gosh. And by the way, when I watch TV, I always want to shop the outfits and I end up like looking on Instagram, followers, where can I get this? And you know, people are always looking for more and looking where to buy it and what influencers know. And when Emily in Paris came out, for example, I actually happened to have the phone case and I bought it on Amazon and everyone was asking me where I got it. And then five seconds, it was sold out on Amazon and I didn't have any type of partnership with them. I just knew where to find it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I know. find that so many influencers know where to find certain things as well. And it, it should be more collaborative. Yeah. It happens to me all the time, too, because when people see something, they want to know, where did you get it from? Exactly. It's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. And when you're working for yourself, what are your best tips on self-discipline? Oh, this is something I really struggle with. I'm sure everyone says the same, but I truly struggle with, you know, just currently make up my own schedule, but I'm someone who really thrives actually on structure. So sometimes when my friends are complaining about their jobs and they have to wake up and stay on the computer and do this and that, I'm like, oh, I kind of wish I had that because I thrive on just like a daily schedule. So I really try to set my own schedule for myself that works for me so that I feel like I have to wake up at the same time every single day, do certain things maybe on Fridays and on Wednesdays, those are my days for meetings and emails. And then on Mondays, that's my day to shoot content. And on Tuesdays, it's my day to prepare for my Amazon live show. I try to set a schedule. Of course, things change all the time as they do in a lot of businesses, but because our job is to see our face and be on so often, I really have to, I really have to set certain schedules and guidelines. And I make a very intense calendar with highlighters and everything galore that you can see everything clearly in my notebook because I just need, I need structure. I of course need days off, but I love structure. So 
to me in the calendar and to set certain days for certain things, whether it's like writing days, content shooting days, um, email days, meeting days, I have to do that in my calendar way ahead of time. If I plan for the future, it makes me more creative in the present. Yeah, I feel you on this one. I'm kind of the same way. And some of my friends even tell me, like, you wake up and you have to know what you will do because you don't really have a schedule. You have to do your own schedule. And it takes a lot of self-discipline because what if you wake up and you don't feel like doing it? Exactly. Or what if you wake up and you're just like, oh, I don't have to be on my Insta story today. So I'm just going to sit in my PJs all day and lay by the TV like, I could totally do that, but then you get in that habit of doing that and it's not healthy. It's not good mentally, physically. So you have to really create a strict schedule for yourself. I know. I, that's so true. And I don't allow myself that (laughs) and put people work for somebody. Exactly. And of course, some days I do that and I allow myself, but I really try to create more of a strict schedule where I don't don't lay around in my PJs all day. And I'm like, okay, I know I'm tired, but it's Friday and tomorrow will be Saturday and I can save that for the weekend. Yeah, so true. And you know, sometimes I even struggle with weekends because I have so many ideas and I still want to do so many things, but it's a weekend. And I was like, am I going strong or am I letting myself take a break? (laughs) Exactly. I I think it's so hard for people that start their own brand and are so passionate about it is when you start, like technically you could work 24 seven because there's so many ideas and things you want to do. But I tried to do that in the beginning, or I did do that because I was so passionate about it. And I realized that I wasn't working. I was working harder. I wasn't working smarter. So true. I wasn't allowing the breaks I needed to actually like think about what I was doing and get, let my creative juices flow. I thought I should work harder to be more successful, but it wasn't necessarily what was helping. Yeah, I agree with you on this one, because sometimes we have to give ourselves a moment of stillness. So to allow all the ideas and like you said, all the creative juices to flow. Exactly. What has been an influencer taught you about branding and marketing? What are your three best marketing and branding tips? I think that you should always be very clear with the brand and with yourself what you're looking for from a partnership with that brand. And also I always find if you are going to pitch a brand yourself, which by the way, people always ask me that. And I do that 98% of the time is me pitching the brand. Cause I personally love the brand know what the values of the brand are and why you would be a good partner for them and why vice versa, they should work with you, like what you can do for them. I think that's really important than just saying, Hey, what's your budget? I'd love to work with you. Always give a very clear message about why you think your brands would align and help each other mutually and, and go into it with that mindset. I think when you come out of it with your own mindset that's just about you and what you want, it's not going to be a collaborative experience and they're probably not going to work with you again or work with you at all. So that's definitely been my biggest learning experience. There were so many times in the beginning where I was like, I love this brand. Why don't they want to work with me? What am I doing wrong? And I realized I wasn't coming at it from a perspective of what would, what would we both gain? It was more like they should want to work with me, blah, 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 blah thinking about it more selfish, selfishly, as soon as I decided to get out of my own head and figure out what the brand's message meant and why they would want to work with me and really putting myself out there in a vulnerable position, um, 
that's when my brand actually started to grow. So you basically were telling them why your audience will love it and why you should bring it to your audience? Exactly. I see. Yeah, that's a great advice. I think so too. All the brands, when they collaborate with you, they want to know if your audience will love it, will accept it, and what outcome they will get. Exactly. And what are your five things I wish someone told me when I started and why? Okay. I wish someone told me, let's see if I can, I I probably have a million, but I'm like trying to think off the top of my head. I wish someone told me that just because someone doesn't answer your email doesn't mean they hate you or are ignoring you. They just probably didn't see it. (laughs) That's number one. I think like you should always follow up with people. Usually no one is going to not respond. They're probably just didn't see the email. I wish someone told me that the worst thing anyone will ever say to you is no. If someone's not going to email you back that they hate you and don't want to work with you and don't like your aesthetic, the worst thing someone will ever say to you in business is no, we can't do that. No, we're busy. No, we're booked. You know what I mean? So once you think about it that way, it's easier to get out of your own head and realize if the worst thing they're going to say to me is we can't work together, that's not even that bad. So I'm going to take my chances and reach out. I wish that someone, I wish that I, I knew other people in the industry and that I could talk to about money and that it wasn't that it was really uncomfortable and awkward for me to negotiate for myself and talk about money in the beginning. And I wish I had someone in the industry or a textbook to listen to or read that helped me with more of the financial part of the business. I wish someone told me that it's 90 eight to 99% all business and behind the scenes and one to 2% the photo that you actually see on Instagram because so much more work goes into it. I wish someone told me, you know, being an entrepreneur, a solopreneur is very taxing emotionally on you, on you physically, like on you emotionally and physically that you're going to need to schedule and breaks for yourself. And then I also wish someone told me that even though I'm sure someone did, I just didn't listen, that you're not going to be successful overnight. It's going to take a long time to find success, to make money. Anytime you start a business, it takes a very long time. It's good. You nailed all of them because sometimes, yeah, I struggled with scheduling breaks for myself because I felt like, okay, if it's all on me, I have to do it. And But no, you have to take a break. And being... I've been in sales and I've been in project management before. So as far as getting no answer, I didn't really care about much because I felt like, you know, uh, if, if it's no right now, maybe it's yes later. So that part was fine. But all the others, I totally can relate to that. And it's hard when you start at first, but then you kind of learn about it. And of course, there still there are no negotiation tactics really for influencers or like paid partnerships kind of guidelines even like out there right now for influencers still still to this day i know and there's so many people in the industry there's influencers there's agents there's photographers there's makeup artists there's video editors like there's so many people in the industry and i and i think there should be you know more out there about negotiating and what's expected for everyone in the industry. Out of my own curiosity, I just Googled recently all of this information and I didn't really get any clear answer. 
I got kind of like general answers, but they're still, we're not, you can't really apply to it. I mean, you can't yeah. really apply them. I agree. There's not really straight answers at all on yeah. the internet currently. Yeah, so true. It's really, it's really wild because although this is definitely a new industry, it's not, it, it's been around for at least 10 years. So you would think that they would start to write stuff online. I know. And they still haven't done it, but it's a great idea. <laughs> as far as wellness trends, what wellness trends you love and wellness trends you wish they would end? Wellness trends. I love wellness trends. I think that they are so inspiring to, you know, get out of your own head and try something new. And the fact that we are really putting so much emphasis on health is very important. I love, um, you know, the trends of Pilates and that you don't have to like do so much hardcore cardio and you can really get a good workout in by just moving your body with Pilates and yoga. It's so helpful. I love that people are putting an emphasis on different ways to calm your mind and anxiety with meditation and essential oils and acupuncture. And I think what I, so I would love all those to continue. I think personally, I'm very bad at meditating and finding what the, what's the best wellness trend for you can be hard. I also think what's very difficult about the wellness trends is there's so much out there and there's so much all at once that it's kind of difficult to know which is the best for you. And there's something that I personally, when I speak about wellness or mental health, I make sure I talk about it with a doctor or with someone who has a, a some, something in the field with it. I think it's really bad that there's so many, you know, people going online and Instagram with big followings that are talking about, you know, certain vitamins to take and certain this because people will follow them because they're influencers and people love to follow influencers, but they might not necessarily know what they're talking about. And it might be a negative for someone else. I agree. Always when I promote something, not even promote, just when I advertise something, I tell yeah. everyone to consult with your doctor first. Yeah. And this is just like general description. And you definitely have to see if it works for you or not and consult with professional. Exactly. Because there's so much, so many times where something works for me and it's amazing, but I don't want anyone else to get hurt by it or do something bad like that makes me so nervous and I think you don't realize how much influence you have until you hear something negative from a from a follower or your audience saying that it really affected them in a negative way and then you feel horrible yeah I agree definitely and what wellness trend you wish it would it would be gone which wellness trend I wish that like we stopped caring so much it was less about weight and more about health and getting in your best health and body rather than talking about weight loss. Yeah, right now it's very popular topic because everyone is kind of promotes body positivity, but I feel like there is a fine line between having like, you know, being healthy and being certain size. There is still kind of some kind of relationship in between because some people go overboard and they promote body positivity when it doesn't look and doesn't feel healthy. Exactly. I, I completely agree. Yeah, totally. You're the most favorite and the least favorite fashion trends. Okay. My most favorite is athleisure, activewear, being comfortable. I love, I just love all the sweat sets and the workout clothes. Like I'm so into that right now. My least favorite my least favorite trend at the moment is probably going to be dad sneakers. 
I've never been into them and I and I'm ready for them to go. Personally, I don't like those chunky boots and the chunky huge sneakers. Like oh, the lug boots. See, it's so funny because I actually yeah. like lug boots, but for some reason I don't like the chunky sneakers. <laughs> I feel like they're so huge, but it's just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but they're so in right now. I know. It's so funny. It's so funny how trends come and go. Yeah. And especially those hats, like, you know, like Prada had those hats. Yeah. Like the button. Yeah. Like those were, oh my God. I I felt like I wore those when I was 13 and they were so in that I wouldn't take that hat off all day. And my mom would like have to tell me, you need to take that hat off. (laughs) I love that hat so much. That's so funny. (laughs) And what is your favorite quote that you live by? Quote? Yes. Um, I think if you want something asked for it, the worst anybody is the worst anybody will ever say to you is no. I live by that saying. Yeah, that's so true. And when you think about it, actually, I mean, it takes off so much pressure of you, right? Exactly. It's like you start to work yourself up in your head and make up a whole story that you're telling yourself about why someone doesn't want to talk to you or why they won't respond to you. But it's like, if you just remind yourself that the worst thing they'll ever say is no, it's not even that bad. So just send the email, reach out, do what you need to do. It's not going to be a bad, it's never going to come back in a negative way. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And where can our listeners find you? Social handles, all your information. Yeah, well, everyone, you guys can find me on my Instagram, which is at honestlyk, and on my blog, which is IamHonestlyKate.com. Great. Thank you so much, Kate. It was my pleasure. Thank you for being my guest. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun, and I'm so happy we got to connect virtually like this. Yeah, it was. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde's podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful day. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.